the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Great to be together. I hope you had a great weekend. And it is time to talk about Ohio. Ohio. We'll talk about Ohio in a minute. One of my favorite places. I got a bunch of friends. Grew up in Cleveland uh, and uh, Shaker Heights, actually, outside of Cleveland. And we had the great convention in Cleveland, uh, which was um, uh, a wild uh um, uh, thing, a wonderful, um, uh, opportunity for the highlighting of a lot of issues. Uh, the late Phyllis Schlafly, that was sort of her last hurrah. We did a huge event, um, in, uh, in down on the, at the football stadium, the Browns football stadium. And <clears throat> they were, um, uh, they, we, we had, uh, Lou Holtz, coach Lou Holtz, a Notre Dame coach. We had, uh, coach Jerry Faust, uh, another Notre Dame, uh, uh, former coach, uh, bishops, uh, um, um, rabbis, others. It was the life of the party luncheon at the convention, the RN, the Republican convention in 2016. And, uh, I don't know, 2000 people, huge crowd. It was extraordinary. So we celebrated that, that Phyllis Schlafly has done that for years on the pro-life front, but. Uh, we'll talk about that in a moment. Uh, let me also highlight for you that we are going to uh, uh, visit in a few moments with my friend Stan Casasio, who leads our Eagles, our Phyllis Schlafly Eagles in Pennsylvania, and he is having a big event up in Philadelphia uh, on uh, Thursday, May 11th. You want to check that out, phyllisschlafly.com. But first, let's talk about, I'll get to him in a minute, we'll talk with him live, um, but let me tell you about what's happening in Ohio. And let me point you to an aspect of the situation that is so problematic. So I was forwarded a video of a guy who was gathering signatures for the initiative, the ballot initiative that's supposed to, that's going on the ballot in Ohio, that's supposed to protect abortion rights, protect abortion rights. And the guy that's gathering signatures admits that he came from Michigan, where he had done the same thing last year. In other words, in Michigan, they passed a law by a ballot initiative. They gathered signatures, put it on the ballot, spent 50 million, 100 million, whatever millions of dollars. It was all the left wing groups. And they basically deceive the voters about what's really in the ballot initiative because sometimes they're two or three pages. So in Ohio, the video is a man gathering signatures. He admits he's from Michigan, so he's not an Ohio citizen. He admits he's getting paid to gather signatures. And then the person who's talking to this signature gatherer asks about the initiative. And he, the guy gathering signatures, name's Marco. Marco says, oh, yeah, well, it's to protect abortion so that you can really protect abortion so you can get abortion. And then people don't, they want to limit your, you know, people's rights to abortion. And the, the person who's talking with the video camera says to Marco, well, I'm reading the language. It looks like a child underage could get an abortion without the permission of their parents is that right yes marco admits yes now let us pause and uh and rise in absolute frankly uh hysteria against this we have 
tens of millions, hundreds of millions of dollars being spent to change the law in the country to take away from you and me, if you're parents, I am, our rights to have a say in our children. And the, the one of the leading groups in this is the ACLU. The ACLU, American Civil Liberties Union, used to be sort of liberal, but they were focused on civil liberties. They've completely been transformed into an arm of the left. But more importantly, very specifically, they want to take away the rights you have as a parent. I have as a parent. They want to get to our children. And, you know, the late Phyllis Schlafly, I was mentioning to you, you know, she was famous for fighting the ERA. She was famous for uh, a lot of different things. One of the things she talked about was when it came to parents' rights as to their kids and as to the problems, the questions that arise of kids, you have to protect the parents' rights over schools. For example, in the 1980s, there was an effort to try to make kids have to participate in all the kinds of sex ed stuff and all the kinds of vaccinations, all these kinds of, there's a bell going off here, all these kinds of vaccinations that are taking place, that were taking place in the 80s. Phyllis Schlafly organized a group that said, hey, we have to fight back against this. You as parents need to notify your school to not force your kids to have to be participating in that. They're literally now, after all the COVID stuff, the ACLU of Ohio, and it looks like national money, but certainly the ACLU is focused on taking away parents' rights regarding abortion. But it doesn't stop there because the initiative in Ohio appears to be written so broadly, and Marco, the signature gatherer, did not dispute this. It's written in such a way that you can get transgender uh, drugs transgender surgery without your parents approval so you can go to school now and you can decide when you're 13 12 15 that you want to get uh, transgender drugs transit transitioning drugs you can get an abortion and your parents you can say i don't want to tell my parents and as the, the the inquirer in this exchange which i'll post on social media said you know most people in a tough situation uh, like they have an abortion, they want an abortion. They're not going to. They're not necessarily, necessarily going to talk to their parents. In fact, they're pretty vulnerable to not talk to their parents. I will tell you, my son, who's uh, sixteen, he got in a fender bender in our driveway. He bumped into one of the other cars. He's a brand new driver, and he didn't. He he then finally confessed three or four days later because he didn't want. He didn't want to get in trouble. Well, take it to the next level. Take it to the level where you've been convinced by your teacher or your friends that you're going to change change gender. You think you're going to tell the parents? In Ohio, the ACLU is one of the leaders in taking away parents' rights to know about medical procedures, drugs, all these other things. It is not hyperbole to say that they are in Ohio, they are targeting your children. And they're doing it again with massive amounts of money from all over the place. I remember last Christmas, I think it was Christmas, somebody famous, was it Sheryl Crow? Somebody like that gave a, a, a gazette. No, Sheryl, I know that's Sheryl Crow. I wrote it down. Sheryl Sandberg. Sheryl Sandberg from the, from Facebook. She gave the ACLU $3 million. About well, not even it was this year, I guess. Whatever it was, yeah, twenty twenty three. I'm looking at it, and in order to help fight these efforts, and no help fight for these efforts, Cheryl Sandberg. I mean, again, the ACLU is funding an effort to take away 
parents' rights. When I talk to folks in Ohio, I mentioned Pennsylvania, we got a big event, Missouri, other places, parents think to themselves, well, there may be things going on crazy in the community, but I, I got my kids. I'm going to work on protecting my kids. You don't realize they're targeting the law. They're saying the law is about abortion. They're saying the law is about this and that. But what it is in Ohio is the ACLU and others targeting, using the law to target our families. Now, you have to walk through this with me, if you don't mind. Let me let me tell you about something that I believe we're seeing fairly dramatically, and it is this. There is a shift in our communities, and for about, say, 25 or 30 years, the law was used, it was being manipulated to, to attack businesses. So maybe it started with, uh, with, um, you know, the kind of effort, uh, um, uh, to, to, um, uh, stop the, the, uh, car companies, um, you know, to, the, the, there was a series in the sixties, uh, of where people would, you know, kind of say, oh, yeah, the, the Pinto blew up. Therefore, should, we should be able to sue everybody else. Um, you know, and, but the reality is there became a problem from the eighties into the nineties of massive amounts of lawsuits, uh, of massive efforts. And it was, it became a racket, right? It became a racket where you, you were, had people had a, a trial bar. The, uh, the trial bar was utilized against we, the people. It was ri- raising our costs of, of insurance. It was raising the cost of businesses. It was raising, you know, all those kinds of costs. And, and that was happening and it was an abuse. And so lots of people, including myself, were saying to themselves, Hey, how do we limit the, uh, how do we limit the, the growing problem uh, of, and it was sort of Ralph Nader, right? Ralph Nader had this movement. He started, and, and it was using the law against business, using the law for things. Then we had crony capitalism using the law to pass money to certain things. Then we had, in my opinion, we had movement in the last 10 years or so. You started to see government being used against media. And then, of course, in the Trump era, you had Mike Flynn. You had uh, the Trump, the way they did Trump, uh, ultimately, uh, the, the the January 6th cases. The law became, so it was first, you used lawsuit crazy America against we the people. Then you used uh, uh, what I'd call crony capitalism, the use of the law, pass a law, fund things. And now I think you're, you're seeing the uh, abuse of uh, a prosecution. But here's the thing. The ACLU and others just admitted that they're using the law to take away from parents their rights. Watch this clip. What you need to know is they're not going to stop in Ohio, just like they didn't stop in Michigan. They're, they're on the move and they're coming in. They're, they're coming. You know, Ohio's not really a, a, a purple state. It's really a red state now. It's, it's a red state. Michigan was really not a totally blue state. Certainly looks like it now, but they're not going to stop there because with hundreds of millions of dollars, you can persuade the voters that, oh, this is about some sort of extremist healthcare right, stop uh, religious people. When it's really about control and breaking yet another connection to our kids. So that's what you need to know. We'll take a break. We'll be back. We got uh, we got uh, some great guests today, including, as I mentioned, Stan Casasio, our Philadelphia leader. Be right back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Back in a moment.
Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on a Pro-America Report. Stan Casasio. Stan Casasio, our, our friend, a businessman, a noted business leader up in Pennsylvania, and uh, also an activist, someone who's run for office before. Before it was cool when everyone said, uh, act local and uh, and be local. Uh, uh, Stan took a leap a couple of years ago at the county level to try to help contribute that way. Also an organizer, uh, sometimes for Republicans until they make him so mad. I've no, I don't think he organizes for Democrats anymore because they've gone so far from where his probably his grandfather and father were but he's also the head of the phyllis schlafly eagles of pennsylvania uh and phyllis schlafly um has a very big footprint there fran bevan years ago and then ned pfeiffer and now stan casasio especially in the philly area but really across the country uh, excuse me across the state and this coming week there will be a special guest visiting Philly, talking about the key issues and getting focused on organizing. So welcome back, Stan. Tell us about your event this week. Hey, it was great to uh, to, to join you here on the radio. Yeah, this week, uh, Thursday night, we have a big event here at the Marriott in Conshohocken. And uh, Alan West, Lieutenant Colonel Al West, uh, who's the head of the Republican Party in, in Texas, is coming in. He has so many great friends in the Philadelphia area. And we want to give him the Patriot Award. And during that, I'm going to play a clip during that show, during the event, that really defines who Alan is. He is not afraid to go into the teeth and take challenges on up front. Uh, this young lady uh, addressed him in such a way that if he uh, that I'm not going to go through it today, but it's really interesting. So this is why we need to hear from why he's a patriot. So he's going to be there. And then we have Chris DeGaulle, who is becoming more known nationally. Uh, he does have great guests. Uh, he's been in Philly for a long time. Um, and it's a Chris DeGaulle show, a 990 AM Philly, The Answer. And Chris, I like calling him Tucker Carlson without the hair. <laughs> um, <laughs> and and he, he mixes humor, but he mixes a large percentage of common sense in what he addresses. And he is receiving the Truth in Journalism Award. Now, if you remember last in Pittsburgh, we gave that to Laura Logan. Yeah, yep, yep. Up to came, come up and and really uh, she is one of the bravest reporters out there. I mean, she there's no there, there's no um, line with her. I mean, she just goes right out. And this is these are the facts. And she's got the facts to back it up. And, and she's totally fearless. And Chris is kind of the same way. So we have a great layout of guests there. We have a number of local leaders, uh, local people running for office. We have two very important. We have two judges, one for the Supreme Court of Pennsylvania. And this Supreme Court in Pennsylvania is probably one of the most political Supreme Courts we've ever had in Pennsylvania. Uh, I mean, the things that they've done with our voter laws and what they've made up and what they've done with the redistricting is just unbelievable. So we need to uh, 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 Patricia McCullough on the uh, on the Supreme Court. She's been a wonderful, wonderful p- p- person on the Commonwealth Court. If you read her opinions, they're absolutely on spot, uh, very uh, constitutionally oriented, uh, well written, uh, brilliant woman uh, deserves to be on the Supreme Court. And then we have a gentleman by the name of Josh Prince who has presented more cases in front of the, uh, the Commonwealth course than, than any other uh, uh, lawyer out there. And his positions are extremely common sense, uh, conservative approach to things. And he's won 
vast majority of cases would be a great addition to the Commonwealth Court. So we have those two judges really, really, really important to to get them elected. So they're going to be there, too. And it's just going to be a great night. We've got the Bucks County uh, right for Bucks County Rock Band, which is an old rocking group. These guys are really, really good. They've got some great parody songs which will make you laugh and make you want to dance at the same time. <laughs> there we got DJ Jerry. We have uh, a young singer who I keep on saying should be on American Idol. Uh, she's only 16 years old, and her voice is kind of a Kate Smith type of voice. And it's worth the price just to listen to her sing. Uh, so you want to be there. We've got Jim Bevins, who's a, a Pennsylvania, Philadelphia, uh, well-known uh, character. Uh, lawyer, joined the police force at an older age, uh, rides a motorcycle. He's going to be presenting and talking about our fallen leader, our fallen uh, defenders, first responders, uh, the police and firemen who've, who've died and state officers, uh, state police who've died in the line of protecting us. And we always honor our fallen leaders. So it's going to be a great night. Um, questions and answers. Uh, we will keep the thing moving, and Ed, you know, we move it pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. It's an awesome. Uh, it's an awesome night. Really fun. I have to say, everybody that ever comes to one of these, and the last maybe three or four years, stands really got uh, the rhythm on these things in terms of fun and, like you said, fast moving. Uh, go through those details again, real quick, Stan. And where can people find out? I know where they can find out, but you tell them. And uh, and it's not too late. I mean, you know, they no, no, we have, we still have a couple tickets available. We have. Some more limited VIP tickets available, so you might want to get into that. But if you go on the com forward slash uh, event site, just go com backslash or forward slash events, you can go right there to the event. Click on that. It'll take you right to where you can buy tickets. You want to do it now as quickly as you can. It's real important. Or they can call me uh, if they want to talk to me. I'm get tons of calls every day. I try to talk to everybody. 215-651-1042. And we'll be glad to get you up and get you tickets to to enjoy the event and some humor and everything else like that. PhyllisSchlafly.com. PhyllisSchlafly.com. Stan, back up for a second. I I know you're going to, I'll I'll mute the mic. So if you swear or curse or punch it, Um, but (laughs) John, John Fetterman, you worked hard to say, Hey, um, you know, Dr. Oz may have some limitations uh, in terms of his background or something. People weren't sure what to make of some of him. Uh, But you were like, Hey, this is no comparison. you know, without being cruel to people, right? He, he Fetterman's clearly having or has had, he's hospitalized for his issues. What's the state of play in, in terms of the perception? And of course, there is a Senate race. Uh, Senator Casey is running for re-election. So what's going on with your U.S. senators in Pennsylvania? Well, first off, Bob Casey, you only see him every six years. Other than that, we don't even know he exists. Um, and Bob Casey, I think his father would be turning over his grave. Bob Casey Sr., was an old-time Democrat, a very much President Kennedy type of Democrat. He was Catholic. He was very pro-life, uh, one of the few pro-life um, uh, Democrats out there. Very conservative approach to taxes and, and the economy. Could not exist in a Democratic Party today. But his son just used his name. That's it. He gets elected. Does absolutely nothing uh, at all. So we have a number of candidates running. I think there we might have a good shot at um, at, at winning uh, that election. As far as um, 
Fetterman is concerned. Uh, I've met him um, before he had his stroke. He was a very engaging. I remember being the only Republican in a room. I like to go into the teeth, as you know, Ed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, so I yeah. got invited by a friend of mine. I said, sure, I'll go see Mr. Fetterman. So, and he's up there and he announces, oh, we have a Republican in the room, Stan Casasio. Well, that's funny. Uh, all of a sudden I'm attacked because, you know, Trump was president at the time and everything else. And I go, hold on a minute. I thought you guys were the uh, no hate lives here party. And, <laughs> exactly. and that started a whole number rumble. But uh, Fetterman is truly an opportunist. He is a failure as a person in his personal life. He's never accomplished anything, come from pretty wealthy family. And um, and and God, his wife is even more extreme than he is. So your vote does count. And the biggest problem we have, I, I personally believe if we did not have early voting, uh, Fetterman would have never gotten elected. Oz would have gotten elected. The problem in politics, and I know, Ed, you believe and you agree with me in this. One week is a lifetime in politics. Right. So, you know, early voting should not occur until one week before voting begins, because it's ridiculous to vote three, four weeks ahead of time, you know, Uh, and that's and that's really very important that we eliminate this early voting. There's no need to have it. Uh, Uh, Yes. Let me just add one. other thing. Yep, please. People have the right to vote. But people also have the right not to vote if they don't want to. And and to force these people to vote who probably have no clue what's going on is, to me, a failure of our society to have engaged people um, voting, people that know what's going on. I don't care whether you're Democrat or Republican, conservative or liberal. It doesn't make a difference. At least be engaged, understand what the issues are. There are many people that don't, and they bring them out there and they do these early votings and they do their they're soliciting of these votes and it's a, it's a crime because we're not getting the true picture out there. Okay. That's uh, all. Yeah, no, no. We're, we're talking with Stan Casasio and Stan again, Stan Casasio is his, uh, his, his um, proof on this is uh, offer of proof. As they say, is he is a businessman. He's been a businessman, real estate investor all over the, uh, the area in Philly and, and Pennsylvania. And so knows the economy has been in politics. He, uh, I can tell you from my, uh, many, many, uh, visits to his home and, and to his, his, um, community. He's backed candidates. He's grown to see that some candidates are not as good as they promised. He's seen candidates who say they're going to do one thing and do another. He's got a perspective on this and, uh, was a, was a great supporter of uh, President Trump. Uh, a couple of times during the 2020 cycle, uh, he was hosting events for people not just to gather like some people do, but do grassroots uh, work and focus on certain segments of, of, uh, Pennsylvania and Philadelphia. Now it's up to Phyllis Schlafly Eagles got a big event uh, this Thursday, uh, the 11th of May up in Philadelphia, go to Phyllis sign up there, uh, and get more information there. Uh, Stan last line of inquiry, not a question, but the economy or say it differently, Pennsylvania, you know, Pennsylvania has got lots of people. Some of them are real conservative, you know, Joe, the old joke between uh, Philly and Pittsburgh is Alabama. You know, people will say, you know, rural Philadelphia are very conservative on guns, on, on abortion. Uh, but you got state college, you've got all these, uh, you know, uh, universities, all this stuff. So it's a real interesting sort of cross section. Pennsylvania is, but the economy's dragging and it's dragging and inflation is hitting. 
And it feels, you know, New Jersey, there's no excuse. I mean, it's easy. They, they got taxes through the roof, right? But Pennsylvania, not so bad. And so, but yet the economy's dragging. How does it feel to you in terms of the economy? And what does it mean for 2024? Well, first off, I don't believe any of the numbers we're getting from the uh, from our government at all. Right. Uh, because it, it just, just seeing the softness out there in the marketplace completely, uh, that's number one. So I would suggest to people, you know, check out your feelings aren't uh, aren't wrong. There's something wrong with the economy today. The banks are having issues and everything else. Pennsylvania could probably be the third or fourth largest economy in the world if we were allowed to produce what we need to produce. We have tremendous amount of energy, clean burning coal, clean burning gas, uh, fossil fuels, and yet we have an opportunity to have. The green utilities also. I personally believe that um, uh, solar panels should be on every top of every commercial building roof if we could do it, because that's where they should be. You know, these people put these things out in the fields and you have these beautiful green fields. And now all of a sudden you have all this glass and other stuff on it and it looks terrible. So that's a problem. And you now have these whales dying and you have these windmills out in the ocean. (laughs) How does that look great for the economy? Uh, So Pennsylvania right now, uh, between the tax structure, between some of the policies that are out there, um, really need to take a step back. I I believe that the greatest way to unleash unleash an economy is to let people be the best versions of themselves. We need school choice. Uh, Mm -hmm. Schools are failing us. We can't have future leaders if we have poor education. Uh, think about that. So it starts in the schools. I think the uh, conservatives and Republicans, for the most part, we have put our heads down. And I'm having this conversation, if I can take an extra minute. Yeah, please, please. Having this conversation with members of, of my country club and most of them for, to the man are almost, you know, fairly conservative, fairly uh, right in the middle. Um, but their heads are constantly down. And I'm saying, listen, think about this in Norway. They're preventing farmers from farming because they want us to eat bugs. Do you realize that? Oh, no, you're kidding me. No, here, here's the articles. Go take a look at it. The farmers are getting are rebel, rebelling in Belgium and, and, and in Norway. So if they can do that, guess what? The next thing you know is your golf courses are going to be gone. You can't mm-hmm. keep your head down. You have to pull your head up and look around and see what's going on. And you don't have to change the world. Just move the dial a click at a time. Just make sure you vote. Go out and support a candidate. Do something. Stop complaining about it because all these guys complain about it. Stop complaining about it. Just do something. Right. Get involved in a campaign of somebody you like. Take a few minutes. Uh, and these are the things that people have to do. And by well, the way, and- I, want, I want to add one more thing. Yeah. Phyllis Schlafly endorsed me <laughs> when I ran against Pat Meehan. All right. And uh, just, uh, I don't know if you knew that or not, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that was, it was always an honor that, that she did that. That's, a, that's right. That's right. Uh, that, I, forgot, is- I did forget. I did forget that. I did forget that. All right. Uh, Stan Casasso, everybody, you can hear the energy and, uh, and, and I will say he wa- runs, he runs one of the great events, uh, great gatherings now that I've seen. It's got energy. It's fun. People laugh a lot uh, and they get delivered real messages. And as he said, get active. So uh, again, you can call him directly. I'll put up on social media a link uh, to the website again, phyllisschlafly.com. If people need to find out more, get in touch with me directly. I'll get you in touch. But it's this Thursday. 
Or call me. Yep, in Philly. Yep, and make sure the people know uh, Philly uh, this evening, this this Thursday evening, May 11th, a good time will be had by all. Thanks very much uh, for everything. Thanks, Dan. Thanks, Ed. Talk to you later, buddy. All right. We'll we'll take a quick break, everybody. We'll be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Back in a moment. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Uh, I have to admit uh, to the listeners that I did not watch a single moment of the coronation. I just I kept thinking that, oh, it's going to be on and I maybe I'll check it out. I just never did. And I, I, you know, I guess, well, I'm an American, so it's not that big a deal. But I know some of my friends and some others were watching it and I certainly saw it tracking. And and it's kind of um jarring for someone like me who had never seen anyone else be uh, qu- a king or queen of England for so long to see a new uh, monarch. So but we have an expert. We have an expert. Ted Malik, of course, is a businessman all over the world and has taught at Oxford and probably taught at Cambridge, too, but has taught in England uh, and uh, lived in London and been all over the uh, UK and the uh, uh, British scene. So let's see what he has to say about this. So, Ted, welcome back. How are you? I'm very well, Ed. And unlike you, I had a coronation party at my house. We uh, recorded <laughs> the eight hours of the entire ceremony. Uh-huh. At about 25 people, women with uh, very outrageous hats. We had <laughs> tea and scones and English sandwiches of cucumber. Uh, okay, on Saturday? Is that when it was or Sunday? Uh, yes, it was on Saturday. So, I mean, it's all, I, I was going to joke and say Americans were getting ready for the Kentucky Derby that evening and you uh-huh. were doing, we were doing the coronation. All right, so, but you, yeah, I, I, I'm, watch this. I'm going to get myself in trouble. Uh, you don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> when Queen Elizabeth was coronated, though, do you? <laughs> oh, I do very well. She was coronated in uh, 1953, and I was born in 1952. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. I knew it was too close. Yeah. All right, but but she was. We've talked before about her when she passed away. She was she a did. dominant figure yeah. who was, how to say, I'm pretty close to universally respected. And now you have to transition in the modern era to someone else. So first of all, can can it work? Uh, probably not with this particular king, uh, but the monarchy goes on. Uh, I would say that um, royalism or, you know, the idea of a monarchical rule is less and less popular. It has less and less support, even in a place like the United Kingdom. Um, I'm not saying it will be overthrown tomorrow, but it's very likely that uh, it's, it's in its decline and this this king probably makes it tougher, right? I mean, I, it feels to me like if uh, yeah, if, he's, not, he's not all that much loved. You have the you know you have the scenario around Diana. You have this whole uh, uh, episode with his uh, two sons, and particularly with the spare son. Uh, <laughs> and he has a, a number of views that I think I think one commentator described them as weird. Right. He doesn't he doesn't want to be called defender of the faith, for instance. He wants to be called defender of the faiths, plural. Oh really? Which which is of course not what the King of England or of the United Kingdom is supposed to be, who is in fact the head of the Church of England. But it, it was an impressive ceremony. So I wanted to say one thing very positive. Yeah. And then one thing not not so much negative, but from the American uh, perspective. So I would say, you know, this uh, ceremony consisted, if 
if you didn't see it, or even if you did, maybe I could explain it to you, <clears throat> of six segments. You had the recognition, uh, which was very touching when the little choir boy says to the king, you know, well, what is your purpose? And he says, to serve. Mm. Uh, then you have the oath where he uh, takes his oaths. And during that particular period, he kisses the Holy Bible, which I found very uplifting. Mm. Then you have something very secretive, which no one knows about. So I'll tell you what it is. Great. <laughs> uh, and they, they put a cloth around the entire front sanctuary or altar and you wonder what the heck is going on in there and he's changing his clothes and there's some singing mostly in latin and what's happening is called the anointing hmm. and they actually anoint the new king where he pledges his um faith to god with holy oil now that wow. is not on television so you don't see it but that is a major part uh, you know, you could argue of the entire ceremony. The next, of course, is the investiture, where his crown, this very, very shiny and heavy purple object, is put on his head um, by the Archbishop of Canterbury, by the way. So, um, and then you have the uh, the uh, the next is the enthronement, where he sits on this gold throne, takes the scepter in one hand and the orb and the other, both of which have crosses on their tops, mm. which, mm. you know, the, the secularists might not quite understand. <laughs> not like and that, then you yeah. have the, the, the homage, which is the closing where people pay homage to the king and, and choirs sing, you know, out their songs. So there's a great deal of symbolism in all this. But what, what I'd like to say and remind uh, your listeners especially is that this is a religious ceremony. Right. Uh, it has very deep, deep, deep meaning. And um, it's it's a worship service. It's held in Westminster Abbey. It's presided over by the Archbishop, as I said. It's an explicitly Christian worship service. It does have participants from different religions. I thought it was very interesting that the Prime Minister, Rishi Sunak, uh, who is a serious Hindu, read the first chapter of Paul's letter to the Colossians, which, you know, in my view, is a text probably more than any other in the entire Bible, proclaims the lordship of Christ over all of creation. Uh, but that, that was that was a nice uh, touch. There were prayers uh, said by Buddhists, Jewish, Muslim, Sikhs, Hindus, uh, in Welsh, in, in the Scottish Gaelic, in Irish. Um, I mean, the, the, um, the Catholic um, uh, uh, cardinal was there. It, 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 it was uh, an unbelievably you know, um, powerful uh, ceremony. Um, but it is primarily, uh, you know, to remind us, uh, based on First Kings uh, 30, uh, 1 Kings 1, verse 39, uh, where he is actually anointed, which, which is put to music by Handel in 1772. Uh, uh, and um, it, it basically marks out this whole, lineage of the kings of Israel, Saul, David, Solomon, uh, as uh, the ones adopted and anointed by God himself. So, uh, you know, for those of us who come from a religious tradition, who actually understand this litany and particularly this um, church service, this mass, in effect, it, it, it is a, a very powerful thing um, to witness. 
Uh, we're talking again with uh, Ted Malik, our friend Ted Malik, uh, who uh, writes so frequently and speaks on his columns. Um, so, and you're, you're mentioned off the air. I don't think I'm telling anything out of, out of school. You're, you're headed over sometime soon, uh, to England. Um, what is, do you have a, I mean, it'd be more interesting when you get back to hear what you thought. Uh, will there be, is the, is the death and the coronation, are, are they working together to sort of build the English, uh, esprit de corps or a patriotism, do you think? Because it's it wouldn't be a bad thing. No, it wouldn't be a bad thing. So I think it's a short-lived thing. Uh, certainly there was a lot of affection for the for the queen and, and actually for her husband as well, who passed away before her. I don't think that uh, this uh, uh, enthusiasm will e- extend too far into the future. Uh, Britain is a um, second-rate power. Uh, yeah, it's part of the special relationship, actually not so special anymore. It dropped out of the European as you, uh, Union, as you know, in the Brexit, and um, its economy is is pretty much in shambles. So, uh, you know, the, even the countries, and there used to be many in the Commonwealth who had the monarch as their own head of um, state, not of government, head of state, are... Um, dropping uh, like flies. Um, you know, a number have already gone. I understand Barbados went recently, Jamaica's the next to go. Canada did say that it would stay, so that maybe is significant. I would say, though, as an American, and some the other comment I was going to make about the, uh, the coronation itself, I took a very deep breath and I said, how pleased I am to be an American. Uh, if you remember, <laughs> in 1776, we got rid of our you know, King George III and put in George Washington and uh, installed a republic if we can keep it, according to Benjamin Franklin. We have kept it so far, at least. And a republic is not a monarchy. So it doesn't cost $125 million for a ceremony. We don't uh, have uh, a king, clearly. Uh, And um, we have, you know, a, a democracy based on Republican uh, features, mm. which is not the same thing as a direct democracy. But right. three times, I'm going to remind you, three times uh, George Washington was offered to be made king of the United States, and three times he turned it down. Yeah, that's great. Actually, that's very helpful at that moment. All right, Ted Malik, uh, we got, I'm out of time. That's perfect. Uh, thank you for the update. We'll look forward to get, catching up with you when you're back from England. Ted Malik, everybody, as always, uh, insightful on what's happening. We'll take a break and be right back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Back in a moment. Welcome back here to the Pro-America Report. This is Ryan Height stepping into the booth uh, to fill in real quick for Mr. Ed Martin wrap up the show today. And uh, this is great. Normally, it feels like we have just a few seconds together, you and I, whenever I jump in here to fill in. But we've got almost two minutes today. So uh, I'd like to unpack something real quick and let you know about an upcoming event that I would love for your assistance in promoting. Uh, Ed would love for your assistance in promoting. And I tell you what, it is not only good, uh, it won't be only good just for you and your own edification, but for America itself. Uh, Trust me. So uh, with that in mind, uh, mark your calendars. June 20th, Tuesday, June 20th in the evening, uh, we will be broadcasting our Collegians Leadership Summit, Phyllis Schlafly Collegians Leadership Summit. This uh, summit, this is uh, connected to uh, our day job, Ed and I, the Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. We will be broadcasting an incredible program that evening. Uh, this is obviously geared toward 
college students, toward our collegians, our up-and-coming leaders, but we're not going to turn anybody away. If you want uh, to come and be educated, be motivated, uh, and learn about, uh, well, our theme this year, the power of patriotism, you will want to be a part of this program. So, uh, get on the email list. You will get details about that starting this week. And uh, if you head over to ProAmericaReport.com, not only will you be able to get all the past segments and all the last uh, podcasts and standalone segments from our great guests, but you can get on the email list there and hear about wonderful things coming up in the future that we're going to have fantastic guests as well. So... With all that in mind, we will wrap up the show here. Uh, Thanks for being a part of it. Head to ProAmericaReport.com. Thank you to Ed for being such a great host and interviewer. Thank you to Noah Dingley, our primary producer, uh, for keeping the trains running. And we will look forward to seeing you back here on the Pro America Report. San Diego. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs>